Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Uh, it's Sir Thomas, your friendly neighborhood anti-authoritarian, as always, uh, broadcasting from the beautiful Buckeye State here. And the weather is quite lovely here on Friday. Um, I hope everyone had a great week. But uh, I don't want to waste any time. I want to I want to dive right into this. So um, I <laughs> I had a few people uh, ping me and, and uh, let me know that our, our president, uh, Joseph Biden, uh, had a bit of a speech that he gave in Philadelphia at Independence Hall last night. It was pretty short. Um, but um, I, I did not watch it live because, you know, I I, I do value my time. Um, and I see very little value in, in hanging on every word of our uh, corporate politicians and our uh, corporate uh, political cults. But um, I felt, hey, let me at least let me take a peek at this thing and see what all the ruckus is about. And this uh, <laughs> this particular, if you can even call it a speech, it was more of a bit of a rant with a lot of uh, platitudes and um, and amazing promises uh, at the very at the very end of it, um, but it was very focused on combating the, the 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 MAGA threat. You know, make America great again, uh, Republicans. You know, or the the ultra MAGAs, which I, I think is is pretty hilarious. Just the, the the phrasing and you know the way we like to play with slogans and you know we eat that stuff up over here. Uh, so. I mean, he really, this was less than 30 minutes, I think. Um, and it was in front of an audience of who knows how many, because the camera didn't really move around or pan around or anything. Um, you only could see a few people at the very front. Um, one person was recording with their with their phone, because I, I guess this was meant to be presented as a historic moment, uh, something worth recording and, and sharing and you know, uh, or as the our, our president stated, this is a fight for the soul of the nation. Um, I don't know if you remember that from his uh, his campaign uh, in in twenty twenty uh, and twenty nineteen, but it, that was constant. Oh, the constant rhetoric that was you know the soul of the nation, the soul of the nation, uh, the, the the breath of the nation, you know, the lifeblood of the nation, yada yada yada, whatever you know, uh, emotionally activates uh, one's base. When it comes to these these politicians, um, but there were a couple of highlights, some things that, some statements he made that I that I found uh, interesting. Um, because while you know I, I tell people all the time that it, you know it's a, it's incredibly difficult for me to take American politics seriously, especially in 2022. Um, I do find it to be quite entertaining um, and uh, quite comical, really. You know it's. It's like when you watch a movie, a movie that's so bad it's good, you know, and, and what makes it good by how terrible it is, is the fact that it's it's meant to be one genre, but it, it ends up becoming something completely different. It's like a, you know, a horror movie that's meant to be scary, but it's not an action movie that's meant to be, you know, uh, full of thrills and, and, and epic set pieces and all this energy, but the, but the energy isn't there and it's very boring and dull. You know, that, that's, that's kind of what I believe. My personal opinion, what I believe American politics has has devolved into, and this is this isn't something that happened over the, you know, a few years. isn't isn't something that can be blamed on one particular administration. 
um, like a lot of our issues, um, you can you can trace it back, you know, four or five, six, seven uh, presidential uh, administrations. And it's just been this this descent, you know, um, uh, some pilots might refer to it as a death spiral, <laughs> but it's it's entertaining and it's comical. So he gets up there and he doesn't waste any time. I think he was um, uh, close to the four minute mark and immediately started going into um, just the, uh, the domestic terrorists and the, and the, and the threats to democracy. Um, and, you know, today's boogeyman happened to be, you know, MAGA Republicans, you know, but he, but, you know, to, to, to the president's credit, um, he did uh, further define it and, and, and uh, state that, you know, well, it's not all Republicans, you know, there are Republicans that work with me on this thing or that thing, you know, but it, it's those those MAGA Republicans, you know, and because, you know, this we're in the midterms here, folks. So I, you know, for those who are paying attention, you know what time it is. It's time to divide everybody up, get everybody focused on what makes us different from the person next to us. To get us to, to cling to whatever, you know, and to have great pride in whatever, whether it's, you know, our, our religious preference, our perspectives on on uh, on abortion, our perspectives on the border, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it's. If you go back to the last election and you look at 2018 to 2020, you'll see the same things. You go back to 2014 to 2016, same thing. 2010 to 2012, same thing. You know, it's, it's the same um, the same patterns. You know, you, you get to the midterms or right before the midterms. And there's this focus on a, little, a lot of uh, social issues. And, you know, my, my fellow black folks, you know, we, we get thrown out there as just uh, the, the, the goose um, that keeps laying the golden eggs and you can just keep everyone focused on slavery and reparations and, and uh, police brutality. And, you know, but as we've seen time and time again, the focus is there. Um, the people get into their positions um, in an uh, office and then that's it. The focus is gone. Um, uh, mysteriously, you know, <laughs> black lives stop mattering. <laughs> Uh, once once people are in their positions, their seats are secured, uh, their their donors are, are in their safe space. They feel good about themselves and, and everyone just sort of moves on. And the American people or, the, you know, as I like to put it, the 99 percent uh, forgotten uh, citizens uh, just have to dredge on um, believing that, oh, well, you know, next time I'll just uh, I'll, I'll vote Republican next time and the, and that'll do it, you know, and. And I've seen this when I used to vote because I I will never vote in, in any of these elections again, um, and and unless um, unless big money is taken out of it and uh, lobbyists are abolished, campaign finance reform becomes a focus, taxation reform becomes a focus, and there's an audit of the Federal Reserve. So give me a call when all those things happen, and I'll vote again. But anyway, I digress. So the president he he gets up there he does his thing um uh right from the start you know here here's the focus you know the focus is on protecting and, and defending our democracy um and um ensuring that our our institutionalized and and, and free and fair elections and, and the integrity of those things are all protected from the uh, 
the the MAGA super ultra duper pro max MAGA insurrectionists, you know, are are dealt with, you know, and it, that's 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 me taking thirty minutes of of him speaking and condensing it into well, that's <laughs> what what it uh, what it turned into, or I should say, what what it was. Um, but there were a couple of things. So he states who what the problem is. The MAGA, ultra MAGA Republicans. Uh, then there were a couple. There were some specifics. You know why they're so dangerous. Why they're a threat to our democracy. So uh, the first thing he threw is out there. You know they they constantly reject the Constitution. And he said freedom of speech. And then there was uh, another um, uh, few sentences. And he mentions his freedom of choice, which I'm assuming he's referring to abortion. And um, he states that these individuals want to take America back, want to move us backwards, which, you know, every time they, you know, there's if someone red is in office, they'll say that the blue is trying to take us back 50 years or back to Jim Crow and slavery, but, you know, you know, or if if someone if someone red is in, they'll say that this person's it, it, it's the same old uh, shenanigans. But that was just another item, you know. So then he he states that you know, oh the the MAGA Republicans they applauded those insurrectionists on January the sixth, you know, and and uh, the he didn't use the the he didn't phrase it as attempted coup because uh, fortunately people stopped. Uh, making that statement because that just that that's insanity. Um, those who say that clearly don't understand um, the definition or uh, have explored history to look at any like actual coups, um, uh, coups in other countries, and coups that you know we we've uh, we funded and and supported and and facilitated. And you know I'm I'm looking at you, Iran, 1950s when you were a democracy, a true democracy, you know, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, moving on. The next thing, um, the, the, their 2020 election deniers. And he, he used that phrasing, I believe it was twice, you know, uh, election deniers and conspiracy theorists and, you know, those MAGA Republicans and, you know, uh, how dare they question the integrity of our free and fair elections. And, you know, even though I, I was there, I was watching, there, there was so much uh, uh, corruption and, and uh, questionable activity uh, within uh, key states. You know, some people call them swing states, uh, very suspicious activity late in the evening and, and a lot of information that came forward. Um, but of course, all you have to do is politicize, uh, chop up the argument. Throw some slogans in there, stir, mix, and then you have chaos. In the mix of that chaos, a lot of um, relevant questions aren't, aren't asked. A lot of uh, relevant perspectives aren't explored. Um, and people just kind of accept, eventually, what's being dropped in front of them. The reality, the way it's described to them, and then they just move on. And that's, you know, that's my perspective on what happened at that time. But they just flat out call anyone who questions all that clear corruption and all those those holes and cracks that showed um, within our political system that have always been there, really. This is 2020. There wasn't some new moment, you know, or, or fresh thing that happened. I mean, it, it's always been a problem, you know, but 
election deniers. And I thought it was interesting that he made that statement, primarily because there was a time where him and others, um, you know, when he was uh, a former vice president of the United States and Trump was running, made comments about him being an illegitimate candidate. And then when he was elected president, he's an illegitimate, he's, you know, an illegitimate uh, president, his words and others from his base. I don't know if you remember the whole um, uh, Russian hoax and, you know, election tampering and all that stuff, you know, where there were a bunch of people that claimed that Russia was involved. It wasn't for Russia. You know, he uh, Trump wouldn't have became president because the Russians and Putin were involved and, you know, and, and blamed Putin. You know, he's guilty of the thing that we've done dozens and dozens of times all over the planet, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, and that was that was the. Uh, the big thing that actually kept CNN alive, really, I mean, Trump in general, which is why the second he was gone, CNN just, you know, they, they made their own little death spiral and they're, they're crashing and burning right now because their bread and butter is gone. And they still try to throw these these uh, ridiculous things about uh, these, these Trumpisms and and all that stuff to kind of keep it going and keep the flames going. Uh, but it's just interesting that someone can can make that statement election deniers you know it's just it's it's only wrong when you know someone you you don't like does it i mean that's that's what american politics has uh, devolved to in my opinion you know so you have the, ele the election uh deniers you've got that um then he he stated that they they they're trying to deny the will of the people and he even started out his uh his speech um, talking about the Constitution because of where he was in Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Um, we, we the people, it starts with we the people, you know, and the Constitution this and the Constitution that. And, and anyone who's listened to me before, you know exactly how I feel about the Constitution. I, I think it's a fantastic piece of paper. Um, I think it's a, it's a great reference. Um, it's a great thing to look at of what could be or maybe even what should be um, in, in certain aspects when it comes to how government should operate and how uh, the citizenry should interact with said government. Um, but is that what we operate on now? Is that what we follow to the T now? I, I don't think so. Um, and, and, you know, I hear a lot of people say, hey, this this thing is is a threat to our to our democracy or to our Constitution. And, you know, the Constitution is meant to you know, protect the citizenry from corrupt government and this and this. And, and that those, those are great sound bites. And, and I, I, and if it really mattered, if the document truly mattered, I'd be right there with you. But I mean, we've been on this path for a long time, you know, where it's clear, you know, some will say, well, we're not a democracy, we're a constitutional republic. And then to that, I say, no, I, no not really. If you really take a look at it, we're neither a constitution or a constitution. Well, we're neither a constitutional republic uh, nor a democracy. You know, a democracy is defined as a system of government by the whole population or eligible members of a state, typically through elected representatives. Or you can look at it as um, uh, like a indirect democracy. You have direct and indirect. Direct, where the you know each individual citizen had a, a direct vote to impact policy, that sort of thing. Um, we have more of an indirect where we elect individuals and they're supposed to represent us. 
but I mean, if people just really step back and look at the system, look at the results, not what's on paper, not um, what what we wish something to be, but what it is, what are the actual results? You know, where are we right now and how did we get here? You know, and it's hard for me to look at that objectively and still say, oh, we're a democracy, we're a constitutional republic. You know, I, to me, and I've said this before, you know, th there are a couple different terms you can use to describe where we are now. Um, you could say we're more of a totalitarian oligarchy, you know, where you have a handful of individuals that have a great deal of wealth, power, and influence um, that use forms of bribery, I don't know, like lobbying. That's why there's thousands of them in D.C. on K Street to influence policy and, and bend it to your will, to bend um, each branch of government to your will, where you can have a handful of people have more power and influence and control um, than 330 million people. And that's that's possible in this day and age, especially when you have that 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 huge uh, wealth gap that just keeps growing and growing and growing where now we're seeing more of, you know, the needs of the few outweighing the needs of the many, you know, so there's that. So you've got the uh, totalitarian oligarchy. You could call it a plutocracy, which is kind of along those same lines. You know, it's a handful of elite few that are, that are controlling and dominating the, uh, the entire infrastructure um, of a society. Um, there's another term, ineptocracy, which is uh, another one that I think is, <laughs> it's close. I mean, it, it's really close. You know, it's, it's a system of government where the least capable to lead are elected by the least capable of producing, where the members of society least likely to sustain themselves or succeed are rewarded with a majority of the goods and services paid for by the confiscation of wealth of the diminishing numbers of producers within said society. Ineptocracy. I haven't used that term um, or that word very often, but I'm definitely going to use it more because I, I think I think that one's very close. Um, I, I would say it's a combination of this uh, ineptocracy and a kleptocracy uh, where you have the most corrupt and the most thievish within a society that have their hands on the spigot of all the natural resources, um, a lot of the, the connections and, and the logistics and the infrastructure and, and all that. You know, I would say it's a combination of those two. But, hey, you want to just call us a democracy? Sure. I mean, that, that word has very little meaning these days. I mean, it, it sounds great. Um, it, it gets people excited, makes them feel passionate, makes them feel like there, there's still a chance. You know, there, there's hope that if you continue to do the same thing over and over again, that you're going to get a different result eventually if you just vote right. You know, I believe that falls in line with the definition of insanity by Einstein. But, you know, I might be wrong. I'm just I'm just some guy, you know, so you, you've got the, the will of the people that these these dangerous uh ultra super pro mega republicans you know that they're they're trying to deny the will of the people and you know they believe political violence is acceptable that was another phrase which i found interesting considering we saw 
um, uh, nearly a year of political violence, um, uh, summer of 2020, well into 2021, uh, where you had federal buildings being, you know, firebombed and, and defaced and maced and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you had people on CNN, you know, and, and other networks trying to uh, justify a lot of that madness. I mean, you had just uh, pure chaos and murder and mayhem in over 90 cities. I'm sorry, 100 cities across the country. Every time there was some shooting or something like that, it would be twisted and turned into a racial thing. When in reality, it, it's a class thing. It's not a race thing. But they make it a race thing because that's that's much better. Chopping and dividing everyone up, get everybody all excited and worked up, get them out there protesting because they believe that really makes a difference when it, it actually doesn't. But it gets everyone out there. And sooner or later, someone throws a rock. People goes nuts, start breaking things, you know, and there's there's. And there's a true danger with these mobs and these in these crowds, you know, and and people just slip right into that stuff, you know, but that was just another thing. And and there wasn't a lot of talk about political violence, really, in the mainstream on on both sides of the aisle, I guess, if, if you want to call it that they all fall under the corporate party, but whatever. There wasn't a lot of talk in the mainstream on both sides about political violence in 2020 when there was a ton of it, but January the 6th happened. And now it's just now that that is the definition, you know, that is the, uh, the poster child, if you will, of political violence. But I just find it kind of interesting when he brought that up, you know, and nothing about the past. I mean, recent past, you know, we're talking, 24 months ago, you know, so, but anyway, so there's that, you know, and he, he just goes on and on about the, uh, the, the MAGA Republicans and how they're a danger and all that stuff. Then he, he starts to close out his speech with a couple of statements that are meant to, um, uh, emotionally activate you know, the, the American populace, the, the American citizen and the, the true patriots, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, uh, statements like we are still a democracy at our core. Well, you we talked about that before, exactly the definition of democracy, the definition of constitutional republic, and then actually looking um, at the, the, the way this country operates uh, fundamentally and, and having an objective look at it all. Is that true? I, I don't think so. Next statement. We are called to confront extremists. I agree. Um, but I believe that um, extremists should not be another one of those terms, like, I don't know, racist, you know, something like that, sexist, where you can just weaponize it and point it at a particular group and then pretend like that's the only place it's happening. You know, that that's where I have a problem. And you'll see the people make these statements about, you know, um, white extremists, white nationalist extremists. They're black nationalist extremists. Black supremacy is a thing. You know, why did, no, 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 that's that's not a, it's not a, as big of a threat as white nationalist. Based on what? Well, the TV told me this, this, you know, my, my iPhone <laughs> My, my CNN Fox News app, you know, or that has me it has me focused on these particular groups 
because that's what falls within the spectrum of approved thought and approved opinion and approved discussion. But yes, I agree. I agree. The citizens should, that should be uh, something that they watch out for. But extremists can come in any color, creed, or uniform. So that's something to take into consideration when you make said statements. You know, another statement. We can't allow the integrity of our elections to be undermined. Uh, well, considering what we've seen over the years, it, it's a bit of a joke. And there, there are ample opportunities at the local, state, and federal level for um, people to take action, um, uh, different entities beyond the American people, beyond the uh, tax-paying voter, um, to manipulate the system. So there, there are plenty of opportunities for it to be hijacked. So to pretend like it's, you know, uh, what was it, Nancy Pelosi, who said that, you know, our elections in 2020 were the safest, most secure elections in our nation's history. What is that? That that means nothing. Those words, th those words are empty. There's there's nothing in those words, really. It's a great thing to say. I mean, everyone likes to pretend, I guess, every once in a while. You know, what? what is it? Uh, Ayn Rand stated uh, one of her big quotes, um, you can uh, you can ignore reality for as long as you want, but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Sooner or later, these, these problems catch up with you, which is why I believe we have so much dysfunction, because you have a lot of people that see the problems and are wondering why things are getting better. Fundamentally, things aren't changing. Why? You know, no matter who's elected, certain things continue to happen. Things that may go against the interests of the American people, the true interests of the American people. You know, and people are frustrated. Yeah, so the integrity of our elections. Well, okay, good luck with that. You know, so, and one of the last things he said that, that caught my ear um, he started talking about innovation and all these great things that his administration has done. You know, we've launched the, the largest, you know, uh, climate change package in, in U.S. history. You know, we've passed the the most aggressive anti-gun bill in in the past 20 years, you know, and we. And then he talked about innovation and how, how great our country is. It's one of the most wealthy, powerful nations in the world, blah, 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 the usual, the usual uh, ear candy. And he says, you know, we're, we're going to end cancer as we know it, you know, and I'm like, OK, now he's just saying anything. I'm sorry. I mean, could we reach a time and a place where cancer is no longer an issue? It's one of the leading killers of just people, period. Um, sure. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, uh, cancer, it, it's far too profitable. The treatment of it, I mean. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar a year uh, industry. It's a cash cow. No one wants to call it that, but it is. And as we know, when um, when something generates a great deal of revenue, you tend to get more of that. It's almost like when you... Um, when you want more of something, you subsidize it. When you want less of it, then you, you tax it, you know, that sort of thing. Well, in, in this particular case, you know, there's so much money out there. Uh, I I could see the big pharma and, you know, and, and some of the health insurance conglomerates and all that 
you know, banding together as they've done in the past to to push back against something like that. Because that would greatly hurt their bottom line. And, and that's one of the dark sides of capitalism that, of course, we can't something else we can't talk about because capitalism has become a, a religion. You know, we keep going on and on about, you know, socialism and, and capitalism. Like that's the great battle, you know, and that's it. Because once again, you know, we, the conversation is completely controlled, right? So you can go on and on um, about two sides, you know, but you can't explore some of these other angles or if you do, you're labeled as a, as a heretic or a conspiracy theorist or whatever. You can go on and on about capitalism, socialism, you know, but you can't talk about the the evils and the dangers and the opportunity of uh, corruption and possible enslavement under all of them. There's there's the possibilities there. No, no system is perfect. And any system that has people involved in it, you know, has that danger. You know, so I just... I just hope that one day people will be more objective uh, when they look at things and won't just accept the packaged argument that's dropped in their laps by the mainstream media. So that's all I have to say about this. You know, I, I, I mean, I had a feeling that this speech was going to be a, just a, a, a bit of a midterm, you know, stir the pot, uh, you know, divide the people up and all that stuff, get us all primed and ready for the, the circus. that's going to be 2023 um, and the circus, it's definitely going to be 2024. Um, so that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, I just please keep your eyes and, and ears open and think for yourself while it's still legal. And with that, Scale Nation out.